When I saw South Africa offered for the first time through the CSU International Program, I knew I had to go. I felt it in my gut. I didn't care that they were only accepting 11 students statewide. I didn't care that it was a new program or that I had no idea how I would pay for it. I was just determined to go. I felt it with every fiber of my being that my life would be incomplete otherwise. At an informational meeting, I learned that financial aid would cover tuition and housing, but not flights or most living expenses. I also learned that I didn't quite meet the GPA requirement, but that they sometimes made exceptions if a student could demonstra demonstrate recent positive improvements in their academic performance. It was the tiniest sliver of hope, but it was enough to convince me to push forward. I was pursuing a Bachelor of Arts in Fine Arts, so my advisor suggested I go to Italy, as so many art students had done before me. She didn't understand why I wanted to go to South Africa and said something like, I don't know what their program's like or if there's even art there. And I just thought, how can there not be art in a place where people are? I tried to explain her the gut feeling I had, but ultimately she didn't support my choice at all. I was disappointed and worried, but the study abroad coordinator reassured me, and I also spoke with my parents. Although they were concerned for my safety and wouldn't be able to help me out much financially, they said they trusted me enough to support my decision. I filled out the detailed application and wrote the letter explaining that my poor GPA didn't reflect the person I was at that moment. I had attended community college right after high school and didn't take it seriously at all. I ditched all the time, slept in, I failed a class and did really poorly in others, and I didn't return in the spring. Instead, I went home to Tahoe to work as a hostess at a pizza restaurant. All the servers there were in their 30s, moving from ski town to ski town, waiting tables to pay for lift tickets and rent. I knew that wasn't life for me, so after about a year, I re-enrolled in a different community college where I busted my butt. I took 22 units per semester before transferring to Chico State and fought my way onto the Dean's List there. I promised them that I'd perform just as well abroad if they'd let me go. A couple months later, I got a huge envelope in the mail and everybody knows they don't tell you no with a big fat envelope. I was definitely 100% going. I opened it and started to read the first line. Dear Ms. Paolillo, we are pleased to inform you, you have been accepted. And I started freaking out, screaming, running around my apartment, I called my boyfriend, my parents, and my friends. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. After all that shock wore off, I sat down and continued to read. You have been accepted as an alternate participant. I was not going, not unless someone else dropped out. It was late August and the program started in January. So I had to sit and wait and hope that another student would give up their seat to give me the opportunity of a lifetime. Five and a half excruciating months later, someone did drop out. At the time, I was trapped in a lease, virtually broke, and leaving was surely going to end my first romantic relationship. But I was going with six weeks to prepare to leave. <laughs> it was January 2007. Um, a few months earlier, my dad lost his job and his house when the housing market started to crash. Even though I didn't have any money and had no job guarantees, um, I suggested that he take over my lease. My problem would be solved and he wouldn't be homeless. I'd use my student loans to cover his deposit and he could just pay me back when he got on his feet and got settled, we'd be fine. I packed up all my stuff, booked the cheapest flights I could find and tried to mentally prepare myself for my life to change forever. 
I didn't know what to expect, but I felt ready to handle whatever came my way. One of my first nights in the dorms, I heard some students out on the patio. I introduced myself and discovered they were also international students, mostly from Zimbabwe and Kenya and a couple other African countries. They gently teased me about being American and about how I probably expected to be on safari and studying in the bush with the lions. Little did I know the academic requirements there would be so much more rigorous than anything at home. I was expected to be in the art studio all day, save for a couple breaks here and there, um, or to take one of our rigorous art history lessons. Um, I had never been challenged in that way, either at either of the community colleges I attended at Chico State or even later at Pratt when I was pursuing my master's degrees. The sheer volume of work was challenging in and of itself, but so was dismantling all my preconceived notions about art, art history, and my general Western worldview. I got to experience learning about Western art history through a non-Western lens. For instance, I learned about how Picasso visited West Africa and borrowed his famous style from the sculptures he took from there. He and most of the West misinterpreted those sculptures as so-called primitive works by people who were more supposedly attuned with nature than industrialized Europeans. They never even considered that the symmetry and exaggerated features were deliberate aesthetic choices by the artists to express certain ideals and spiritual beliefs of ancient and established societies. By the end of the first semester, I had my workload mostly under control and was starting to develop, to develop some close friendships. I had picked up plenty of local slang, felt comfortable navigating the city, but was also quickly running out of what little money I had. My dad still hadn't found work and wasn't able to pay me back just yet. I had to beg my aunts and uncles for help so that I could stay through the end of my program. Around the same time, I learned that I wouldn't be able to live in the dorms during intercession. No one told me before I left, and I didn't think to ask before I went. Some of the wealthier American students traveled the continent, went on safaris, or even went home to the States for the break. I, on the other hand, was stuck with nowhere to live, 10,000 miles away, and flat broke. Luckily, a friend from the theater department had a spare bedroom in his apartment and let me crash with him for the full six weeks for free. I'd make us coffee in the morning, clean the apartment while he was at work, and cook dinner most nights of the week. He often joked about how a poor kid from a township somehow ended up with an American live-in domestic worker, but he really saved me during that time, and we're still friends now. After that break, I moved back into the dorms, got the second half of my loan disbursement, and was doing okay. I kept up with my workload and spent as much time with my friends as possible. I wasn't able to travel far or to visit the big game parks, but I didn't really care at the time. The longer I was there, the less I cared about seeing the parts of Africa that Americans see on TV, and the more I cared about living like a local. One of my favorite things to do was check out all the contemporary art galleries. I drank in as much art as I could find and spent the rest of my free time with friends doing normal things, going to restaurants and clubs, dinner parties, movies, taking small road trips, and the time passed way too quickly. Classes ended in November 2007, and I was supposed to fly home right after, but I couldn't bring myself to leave. I decided to risk staying with an expired student visa and took one last trip across the country alone by bus. When I finally made it back to Maritzburg, I picked my, uh, packed my things and tried to mentally prepare to go home the same way I prepared to leave. This time, however, the excitement of a new adventure had been replaced with the feeling of an unbearable loss, almost like a death. 
Just when things were getting good and I had developed these incredible relationships, I had to go. I said my goodbyes, I ugly cried a lot, and 36 hours later I was back in California. I expected things to be different when I went away, but I did not expect to not recognize my home when I got back. People were different, places changed, the food fell off, everyone spoke differently, I didn't get the inside jokes, I just felt out of place in somewhere that should be familiar, and I was terribly depressed. I did manage to bring home a mountain of evidence for my advisor that they have art in South Africa. Stacks of gallery catalogs, show reviews, and hundreds of images of exceptional contemporary works. But I was off my game, apathetic, and I failed a class again. Then I found out some of the credits from UKZN wouldn't transfer back to Chico State, and I had to push graduation by an entire semester. It was brutal at the time, and I felt like a failure, like I had let my family and myself down. But in hindsight, what's one more semester in the grand scheme of things? My gut was right after all. The experience changed my life forever. I eventually graduated and got into a dual master's program at Pratt. Shortly after arriving in New York, I got an internship at the Metropolitan Museum of Art because of my ex direct experience with contemporary African art. And later I got to write my master's thesis about one of my favorite contemporary South African artists. Most importantly, I'm still friends with many of the people I met over 14 years ago, and they've enriched my life in innumerable ways. Looking back, I wouldn't change a thing.